Welcome to Criminal Giants, a comedic true crime watch-along podcast where we watch Criminal Minds, all 15 seasons, and discuss the true crime that can be linked, however indirectly, to the episode. We're your hosts, Stacey Johnson and Veronica Shea, and this week we're joined by Rocky Roberts in discussing Season 1, Episode 10, The Popular Kids. Hi, Rocky! Hi! Hi, Rocky! Hello! It's me. It's me. Hi. I, I'll get that stuck in my head. I, I always yeah, do. Easy peasy. Yeah. yeah. And I don't like Taylor Swift at all. And that's the only Sam. part of the song I know. That's it. Same. Same. Because of that's a TikTok reels for me, but Instagram, TikTok yeah. for young people. Oh, yeah. Because Veronica's old. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want. does TikTok. I don't do the ticky tacky. I gotta, don't either, you gotta, though. You gotta get with the times, you two. You're supposed to, though. Like, as a comedian, you're supposed to. Yeah. But I just feel like maybe I'm that underground comedian, you know? Oh, I'm like that's probably what it super, is. Yeah. I'm like yeah, super underground. So. Yeah, me too. I, when you said underground, I like pictured you like physically underground, like a little mole comedian. That's how underground she is. You have to go <laughs> under the ground to watch Correct. her perform. Exactly. Correct. Because I'm basically like a hipster, but before hipsters were a thing, you know? I'm they've, so cool. They've always been a thing. <laughs> Stop! You're, you try to be funny and it <laughs> bad. It's so bad. It's good. Okay. Rocky, would, tell us what you do. I mean, Veronica already knows, but I don't know you very well. I, I'm, I'm a stand-up comedian also. That's and cool. I, I'm an audio engineer. He's the best well, person in the world. A well-versed man. Yeah, I can hang pictures and carry ladders and stuff like that. Stacy's trying to get people to promote themselves i know i'm trying to no like, one is good at it i am terrible at i'm horrible at it let's dive right in so this is episode 10 the popular kids stacy who's been promising to do an episode recap yep i will can do it i'm stressed it's <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. okay. still not gonna do our episode recap i know that's gonna be my thing now i'm just gonna keep saying that i'm gonna do it and then i just never do it Never does it. Okay, so this starts in the woods. A boyfriend and girlfriend are running, and the boyfriend tells his very skinny blonde girlfriend how out of shape she is, just to set the scene of 2005. He runs ahead, and she freaks out because the woods are so creepy, and she's running through the woods, and she stumbles upon her boyfriend who has been bludgeoned to death, and then someone abducts her. Okay, so the sheriff's office comes out to collect the boyfriend, and they find old remains with a similar head wound, and a satanic symbol on a tree. And it says Satan lives, L-O-D, and an upside down pentagram. For Criminal Minds fan fans, one of the deputies, one of the sheriff deputies will come back as an unsub in later episodes in a completely different area of the country. I love how they do that on like some of these like really popular shows. And I've found out that like you'll be upgraded and like can come back as a different character. But I'm like, I, I was a dead body in one and now I'm going to be a detective in another and could be a reoccurring character. I'm like, but that that one person is going to see that and be like, that cop was a dead body. Yeah, that's terrible. That's how you get pigeonholed into just cop dramas. That's like being a soap star that you can just play another soap star in a different soap. <laughs> what if, though, I made my living as dead bodies? Like, I would Wait, love to be I mean, Jane Doe number three. There is That's a thing that people, there. I forget, it was this documentary that I watched once and i know i did i watch a lot of weird things but this guy he literally made his living off of playing like dead bodies in like cop shows like movies and all kinds of things and he was just a dead body the whole time i love that pretty easy career if you can swing that yeah it's a cush yeah all you have to do is 
Yeah, I'd do that. And like not move. I'd abandon everything right now if I could just do that as my career. I'd throw right. it all away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just go lay down for like yeah. a day. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, my problem is anytime I lay down, I just want to take, I go to sleep. That might help you. Hey, there you go. Okay. Anyways, anyway, they discussed the satanic panic from the 80s because of the satanic iconography. Um, and because of the terrain of where... Do you like my word, iconography? I did. Did you see that? <laughs> I yeah. Was into it. It was solid. Because of the terrain and like how isolated it is, they realized that the unsub must be from the area. And they decide to use locals in the search party for the missing girl because they realized that this unsub is most likely to insert themselves into the investigation. Reed meets the sheriff's high school varsity football playing son who's very into criminal profiling. During the profile, they talk about how there have been no verified human sacrifices in connection with Satanism. There are, of course, cults that kill. They mention Jim Jones. They mention Manson. And that they want to be looking for this charismatic leader. They want to look out for heavy metal music, sex, drugs, and alcohol. All the fun <laughs> things, quite frankly. <laughs> So the sheriff's kid names a guy, Mike Zizzo, who fits this profile. But he explains what Satanism actually is. And he actually explains it correctly, right? That there isn't a belief in an actual satanic entity. It is simply the opposition of a Christian national identity. Just aggressively atheist. Did not know that. Love to see Satanism actually portrayed correctly. Zizzo is completely clueless about the dead body or why LOD and a pentagram is on the tree by this dead body. But now, twist, you guys. This young girl who's one of the popular kids is hanging around stalking Gideon and Gideon's like, what's up girl? And she's like, let me tell you about this dead hiker we found out in the woods. Me and my friends like to go watch it decompose. And he's like, Ooh, right. y'all are weird. And she's like, but Hey, there was no pentagram there a few months ago. Great. Breaking the case. Morgan and Reed are waiting at the house in the woods where they arrested Zizzo. The sheriff's kid shows up freaking out about Cherish. That's the missing girl's name. Problem number one, Cherish. <laughs> and he was like, did you check the back house? And they're like, what back house? Now, these are two smart men and they put it together quickly that this kid gave them their suspect, gave them their location, and is now giving them a back house where they do find dead Cherish. So they're able to arrest him, take him down. Only two people got killed. That's pretty good numbers for this show. And that's the episode. It was a good episode, though. I liked it. It was my favorite episode I've ever watched, ever, of anything. Was it? Of anything? Wow. Ever. Of anything? <laughs> I just want to I mean, jump in. That's fair. That's a, It's a good episode. You know, it has some good Morgan moments, which is what we like to see <gasps> as people who love Shamar more. Speaking of... I was, doing, intro I was giving you introing a, I was giving the gimme more copy <laughs> copy copy i'll cut i'll cut i'll make sure to do it i'll make sure to do it no keep it in gimme gimme more so i forgot about it until literally we were signing on so i did this one uh, you can see my fingerprints in it because i didn't clean my screen off or get into a dark place to do it that's a good that's one. a man it's a man right there stacy why don't you go first Okay, so we rate him on a scale of one to five helpings because we always want, <laughs> like, it's like you want, you just want like a little bit more, you know? So from one to five, I'm going to say this specific one was probably a three for me. Like kind of right in the middle. 
I will also say a three. He's not in a tie, but he is back in a suit. Mm-hmm. But I also liked how he helped Reed with his problems. Even though Reed came to him in confidence, he knew he had to tell Hotch and Gideon what was going on because mm-hmm. he's a responsible team member. And I like that about him. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Rocky, how many helpings would you have? I think I, I watched the wrong show. I watched Dukes of Hazard season one, episode 10. I thought that's what you guys said we were watching. He's in that. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, five out of five out of five then. Five out of five. Yeah. Oh, full what helpings. A, what a stud that guy. <laughs> okay, so what I like about this episode actually is it can encompass so many things like that we're gonna talk about because of the satanic mm-hmm. panic. It has so much going on. Stacy's sneezing. I how sneezed. how oh, are yeah. you sneezing silently? I always feel like I'm gonna blow my eardrums out. If I yeah. I've had practice. It's bad for you. So we're going to touch on one of Rocky's favorite cases. Oh, my favorite murder. Oh. Your favorite murder. Triple murder. <laughs> this is my favorite triple murder of all time. Really glad it happened. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, no one is saying that, Rocky. We're just I saying... know. It's just funny to say my favorite murder. <laughs> yeah. I say the one I'm intrigued by the most. That's better. So we're going to end on that one because I think that's the most interesting of all of our cases. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think this episode is very reminiscent of Ricky Queso, who killed one of his friends in the woods in New York, right? So we see a lot of that in this episode specifically. They were high on, like, out of their minds on what they thought was mescaline, but was most likely LSD. And they had also been smoking PCP, which is an insane thing. Mm -hmm. to take as a like a one is an insane thing to take but as a 17 year old like who's just getting high on pcp like or maybe everyone is and i'm really no definitely (laughs) not troubled kid drug right and so this guy a lot of killers obviously get nicknames he was called the acid king because he would always be taking micro tabs of what he thought was acid or no what he thought was mescaline Mescaline, was actually acid he killed his uh, 17 year old friend gary lowers in northport new york in june of 1984 Mm -hmm. right which was right in the middle of the satanic panic which started in the 80s Two Mm -hmm. other teenagers were present at this murder and were also high. And apparently one might have held this other kid down. But this, it kind of seems like it was just this spur of the moment thing, but they had actually had like an altercation because Gary had stolen drugs from Ricky. So that's Mm -hmm. fun. Always a good time. But he was saying all this shit after he got arrested about Satan and the devil. And then of course he was arrested wearing an ACDC t-shirt and he liked heavy metal music and, you know, sex, drugs, rock and roll kind of thing, which all played into everyone's idea of Satanists, Mm -hmm. basically. And so they kind of like one of the kids rolled on the other kid, but he was high. So it ended up getting thrown out, like his statement. And the whole thing was just very messy, which like the satanic panic was built on messy. Oh, one really fun thing that Aviv did want me to mention is the song Teenage Dirtbag mm-hmm. was based on Ricky Queso. Oh, oh really? Yeah. So fun fact. Oh, sorry, I fell down. I never heard that. Yeah. Isn't that really weird? That's crazy. So, There you go. And so this, like, if you look at the case and the show itself, like 
just those two things. I think it's very much based off of Ricky Queso, but I think it's a very cut and dry case. It's nothing very interesting. Right. What was interesting is about this one is like what was believed, like what was again, sensationalized by the media of like this being a satanic ritual and a satanic cult because of the way that uh, Lowers, Lowers, is that how you say that? Mm -hmm. Gary Lowers. Was tortured. It's also really interesting too, because they make mention of Ricky being friends with this group that sold drugs and called themselves the Golden Knights. The Knights of the Black Circle. The Knights of the Black Circle. That's pretty metal. That's pretty metal. Isn't that very metal? Rock and roll. That's a great band name. That's going to be our band, you guys. I'm down. Yeah. Okay. Side question. What instrument are you going to play in our metal band? I can do vocals. Okay, good. Ooh, drums. Okay. Rocky's on drums. Love it. Um, I, I don't know how to play anything. I can do mouth guitar noises. Good enough. You're in. Done. Done. Thank you. In. Thank you. Thank you. Nailed Thank you. it. Okay. Um, this is so the beginning of the Knights the of the Black Circle. So the Knights of the Black Circle, they just sold drugs. But the media reporter, uh, like TV journalists reported the Knights of the whatever Black Circle being a satanic cult which they weren't they just sold drugs so i think this just was sensationalized into more than what it was the media got a lot of shit wrong with this case no the media is always right the media never sensationalizes anything the media is right yeah i wish that were true they got the freaking death day wrong like the date of the murder yeah as oh really yeah like off by three days and it was like what the fuck like good reporting guys what blows my mind the most is doing ass or something because a lot of people take acid or mushrooms to have like an experience with god or something uh, you know a higher an elevated experience and to murder so to even have a negative thought when you're tripping usually will just make you you know it's a downer it, it will put you into a bad trip you know any you just want happiness yeah. so to actually murder somebody while you're on your brain is fried on acid i don't understand I, yeah you have to have something else already wrong i feel like yes. you can't just take acid and kill somebody because when you take hallucinogens you want to relax you don't want to feel those feelings you know what i mean right that's such a good point because he was kicked out of his house a bunch he was taken to a psychiatric hospital by his parents which used to you'll love this rocky which used to be the amityville asylum oh shit called nice and then when he was hospitalized with pneumonia his parents tried to convince the hospital to basically keep him there for psychiatric care against his will and they were like we can't do that like he's antisocial but he's not dangerous yeah so yeah there was definitely something else so you start adding with him drugs like like pcp i don't know i've never done pc i don't know why you would do pcp it seems like it just makes you freak out yeah so you're adding strong you're like throwing trucks around yeah that's the ones that yeah like cops will fight like 10 guys or 10 cops will fight like one guy on PCP. Yeah, yeah. on PCP. Yeah. And the guy will be fine. And you're like, yeah. Oh, but I don't understand how the other kids also could have been on acid and not been just having a horrible experience. Because that just seems like, li- literally, that seems like hell. Because your brain is is somewhere else, you know? They probably were having a terrible trip and maybe even thought what they were seeing yeah. was a bad trip. Because yeah. imagine, like, 
your friend calls you and your other friends out to get high and then starts stabbing your one friend. Yeah, that's insane. Because he was stabbed 13 to 26 times. Yeah. Dang. Again, weird reporting. Did this, he, 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 to 26. And he had desecrated graves and stuff, right? Yes. yes. He had been yeah. caught digging up a grave. Anytime it's a kid like this, they, there's always that in there. I come from one of these towns in Texas where it's a small town, a bunch of woods, nothing to do. And there was this old cemetery. It was like, it had grown like in the woods. It was like a, a, like a black cemetery and just way off in the woods somewhere. We used to go run around there just to scare ourselves when I was in high school and stuff. But I think in like 2005, and you could look this up, this kid went and he was like 15 years old. He dug up a child's grave out there and made a bong out of the kid's skull. You can look this up. Shut up. So, yeah. So, I was just there last week and they cleared all the woods where it was and now they take care of it. But it was like just this forgotten about cemetery in the woods. That's... Yeah. And it was an African-American community cemetery. There's a lot of like hidden African-American cemeteries throughout the Mm. South and stuff. I mean, there are a lot of them Mm -hmm. at the bottom of lakes. That's a whole other thing you can dive into, but... Was but yeah, the this kid, is like prosecuted for anything. I know he got in trouble with the cops, but I don't know the extent of it or where he is now. But it was a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like I said, we used to go out there when we were when I was in high school and stuff just to run around and freak each other out. There were homeless the people 1900s. that would live in there. Yeah, back in the 1900s. Yes, it was the 1900s. 1996. It's like the meanest thing anyone that has ever said to me is that I You're grew up in the 1900s. <laughs> it was like, true. We were. It's not, it makes so it sound mean. so old. God. Yes, it does. Uh, yeah, they were just like vibing in the woods and then they started to scuffle. <laughs> vibing. They were just vibing in the woods, you know. Um, on PCP, no big deal, or acid, or whatever, or LSD, or whatever it is. I don't know what the difference between any of those are. Prude. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, look at my shirt. It says a heart. That says. I know she heart. wanted to join a metal band. And she's like, "Hi guys." No. <laughs> straight edge. Um, there are straight edge metal bands. Oh. Yeah, but they're harder than Stacy is. I'm. Gonna, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Stra- no. Straight, Straight edge is pretty hard. Yeah, they are. They they like fully attack people. Like if yeah. you're smoking a cigarette, they'll beat the shit out of you. We had we grew up with straight edge. Stace, did you have a lot of straight edge in yeah, your were a lot? Yeah. And one mm-hmm. kid took a shovel to the back of the head of another kid. And yeah. When he was like in a coma. No. Yeah. They say they don't do yeah. drugs, but it's, violence is their drug. <laughs> All the straight edge kids that I knew back then are not straight edge now. Of course not. None of them. Because you grow up, you become an adult, and you find out you need drugs. (laughs) Yeah, you need drugs and alcohol to survive. To To cope with all the bullshit that we've been through in this fucking life. Can't be out here raw-dogging reality. Yeah. I don't like that. (laughs) Raw-dogging reality. That's a good podcast name. Raw-dogging reality. (laughs) I do like that. That should be the title of this. (laughs) Oh, we should. But yeah, they were just again vibing in the woods, and then it they started like scuffling and like I don't know, boys wrestling and then shit like that. Boys will be boys. Uh, yeah, right. Well, it escalated, and then Queso snapped and bit the guy Gary or whatever his name was on the neck, Gary. and then he bit Gary. He bit Gary, <laughs> dude. He bit shirts? Gary. <laughs> Can we make sure it's like he bit Gary? <laughs> 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 Done. Oh That's gotta be yeah. a PCP. Then, 
stabbed him. Yeah, that's the PCP. Him. That's not that is the PCP. For PCP sure. and mental problems. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then he just like kept stabbing him. He couldn't stop. And then he commanded Lowers to say he wanted Lowers to say the words "You love Satan," and Lowers didn't say it. Instead, he said, "I love my mother." That's Finally, just like very sad. So stabbed him. That part's sad. Yeah, I kind of yeah. took it down a little bit. But Whoops. also, that's mm-hmm. supposedly because this is coming Close. from kids who were high on, on acid and PCP recounting this, and like, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the guy who supposedly held down Gary so that Ricky could stab him. He mm-hmm. was arrested and tried, but they ended up kind of throwing out the case because he was recanting the kid other kid who had you know brought testimony against him was mm-hmm. recanting because they were high they were like we have no yeah. idea what the fuck happened and they kind of had to throw out the case so what we do know is that ricky queso killed gary lowers by stabbing him a bunch but mm-hmm. whether or not it had anything to do with satan well, was really just fueled i think by the satanic panic uh, that too. It also doesn't help that Queso did brag like about Oh, yes, yes, the yes. Murders. Oh my God, we did. We forgot about that. He bragged about yeah, it. Yeah, he bragged about the murders and then he claimed that Satan manifested to him in the form of a black crow after killing him or whatever uh, that he interpreted as Satan's approval for murdering him. Wow. Yeah, okay. So yeah, I mean, he had some mental issues. He had some mental issues. But I do think he was trying to just style out the murder by being like it's for satan when really it was because this kid stole drugs from him yeah right and he snapped while he was on drugs yeah absolutely yeah even more crazy is that queso brought people like brought teens back to view the body um in the woods before like I mean, before they buried him in like a shallow grave. And it wasn't until two weeks later that the murder was reported to the police via anonymous tip. Yeah, which is very Mm -hmm. much like this episode, right? Where the kids are like watching this guy decompose. Like it's so Mm -hmm. gross and creepy. Yeah. But might be something that I would do. Watch a body decompose. There was this summer when I was growing up in Reno... (laughs) Where you where watched we a would, body decompose? Mm-hmm, I, yeah, actually. But ah. it was a cow. We uh. would take our boat out to Pyramid Lake, which is like, it's out on a reservation. And yeah. it's out in the middle of the desert. It's like the most beautiful lake. And there was this cow that had died on the side of the road. And I got to watch its stages of decomposition throughout the summer. Oh, lucky you. That's so cool. <laughs> what a cool summer. The summer I found myself. Yeah, and that's um, how I started eating meat. That's how you I'm started? Oh, I was like, <laughs> Fucking weirdo. <laughs> uh, anyway, Queso ended up killing himself after like two days in jail. He uh, yeah. strangled himself or hanged himself with bedsheets. The old Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> the old Epstein defense. I love that that's going to be a thing now. Yeah. yeah, that's why. Well, you saw the pictures, like the pictures of the kid. Clearly that kid is disturbed. Yes. He, like, the, he just, he's an asshole. Yeah, he's yes. an asshole for sure. An asshole. 
Yeah. Like, fuck off, dude. Also, kids are so stupid, like, killing each other over drugs and shit. Kids are stupid. Yeah, kids, kids are, are stupid. stupid. Kids are so stupid. I knew a kid that, I mean, this is bad. I mean, he was one of my good friends in high school. Ninth grade, he committed suicide. He was selling drugs, selling weed for some guy, and he smoked too much of it. So he was afraid the guy was going to kill him, so he killed himself. And it's like... It was, that wasn't going to happen. No one was going to kill you. You're all stupid kids, you know? Holy right. shit. But, yeah. Jesus. Well, if Stacy didn't take us down... Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It was story. it was like 22 years ago. But, I mean, it's stupid. I, I knew another kid that the kids kids poisoned him because they said he was stealing their drugs. I'm from one of these towns. I'm not, it's called Humble, Texas. Spelt humble. Yeah, it's... Oh, it, wow. There have been some famous murders there. I'll tell you guys about it later. That's some wild. Some stuff you can check out. But a lot of this is fueled... Uh, by Satanic Panic. I'm going to bring us back. Real sin. Which started in the 80s with a single book called Michelle Remembers. And it was by this woman, Michelle Smith, and this guy, Lawrence Pazder. It was published in 1980. And this was a book that claimed to link satanic rituals to the abuse of children and coined the term ritual abuse. And it was presented as Michelle Smith's autobiography. She was in therapy and used recovered memory therapy to basically remember this childhood trauma that she supposedly suffered as a child. This would lead so many therapists to use recovered memory therapy with their like uh, patients. Mm-hmm. And they were basically, while their patients were hypnotized, feeding them these like ideas that they then corroborated. It was very much like false confessions mm-hmm. that they would kind of say back while all under hypnosis that they were abducted by a satanic cult and made to do these things, or they were sexually abused by their teachers or parents. And then when they come out of this hypnotic state, the therapists would tell them what they told them while under hypnosis, that they had been abused, that they had been used in a ritual for a satanic cult. And this went was world or not worldwide. This was nationwide. And there were something like 12,000 claims. And a lot of these like had like they went to the police, they brought them to court, and not a single one had substantiated evidence. Huh. Hmm. I, it was just like so crazy and is like still a thing. But this is what I think is crazy because the the idea is from that if the abuse is so bad, you're not going to remember it, right? Like you're going to block it out, which happens, Mm. right? And so they said something like actually these like children abuse cases, 10%, only 10% could remember the actual abuse of 12,000 cases. But if you liken it to sexual assault with women, the numbers are as follows. I had to write it down. 38% of the women did not remember their in the incident of abuse, but 88% said they knew they had been abused. So while they knew they were abused, they could not tell you exactly what happened step by step because they had repressed the specifics, but not the entire event. So all of these people who had no recollection of any event happening ever were not actually abused. And this caused like one 
father lost his rights to see his kids. He lost his wife because she divorced him. He ended up suing and like winning $500,000 because none of it was true. But like in 1988, Geraldo did a special about satanic cults and recovered memories. But it was basically this like mass panic that all of a sudden everyone, that there were just Satanists among you mm-hmm. next door to you using children in sacrifices when actually scholars who have done like satanic studying and this kind of stuff don't actually think satanic cults have ever existed and things Mm. like the satanic church or the satanic temple are just aggressively atheistic congregations of people who would prefer religious freedom as opposed to one nation under evangelical Christians. And the satanic panic has ties to evangelical Christian Christianity. That's who started it. Which makes sense since the only group in existence who believes Satan is a real entity are the Christians. I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Okay, so hit me with it, Rocky. Let's go. <laughs> so obviously I grew up in the suburbs of Houston and my dad raised me on heavy metal. My dad raised me on Judas Priest and Slayer and Metallica, Guns N' Roses, like all the I good music. To. Yeah, and that's why I'm a metalhead now today. But I remember there was a friend of mine, this kid Ryan. His mom, oh, she was hot. Okay, let's get this out of the way. Hot, 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 hot Christian mom, and she had she had a crush on my dad, so she knew that my dad, and she was married. Okay, this harlot. Uh, so she she uh, she showed me this movie when I was over one day, and it was called Hell's Bells. Okay, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie. You can find it on YouTube. No. It is uh, it's a documentary. It's hilarious, and it's put out by you know some Christian group and it's all about how heavy metal music is uh, instrument of the devil. Just, it's, it's hilarious. They, they start breaking down songs and they're like, if you listen closely enough and, and don't fear the reaper, you're going to hear a demon screaming oh, yeah. at this point. There's a demon screaming and stuff like that. So I grew up so with this kind of stuff, stupid. you know, like, but yeah, so literally wild. hell's bells. It's this whole Christian documentary and it is fucking hilarious. It's funny. If you can watch it with a room full of people, it's great. But, uh, oh my God. yeah, it's stupid. You're right. That's what it wasn't like the satanic temple. Those people, they're not worshiping any deity. They're worshiping themselves. They're saying, why can't we all be gods? I'm my own God, you know? It has nothing to do with worshiping the literal devil with horns that, you know. After I watched Hail Satan in 2019, I was like, oh, I'll give them my money. Yes, I will. Because they're doing great work. And so I made Stacy read their tenants, the seven tenants. Mm -hmm. And she goes, oh, I might be a Satanist if this is what it is. And it's like, yeah, any person would be. Absolutely. It's it's like about science and cognitive thought. There's nothing nothing evil about it. Nothing evil. Maybe the imagery people are are, are worried about the imagery, but I like it because I love metal and horror movies. And look, this is the shit yeah. that I have around. Look, this is what's around me. Okay, of course, I like this kind <laughs> hey, of stuff. Hey, mine has pl- flowers in it. Oh well, that's. <laughs> I made this. I dug up a grave when I was a kid. They <laughs> oh made a bong out of this. <laughs> yeah. So the whole thing, but I loved that in the the episode they literally had Aaron Paul say, you know, Satan just means opposition. And it's opposing this idea that we all have to live in under Christian tyranny, basically. Yeah, it's true. I mean, what, are we going to start breaking down the Bible and all the missing books and all the kings that have rewritten the Bible? Right. And now you're supposed Mm -hmm. to go like, I have to live my life by this fucked up manual that no one knows what's actually going on. It's just a way to say, don't kill people and don't rape people and be a good person. Yeah. But it's just so crazy that it took into like the mid 90s to 
kind of debunk the satanic panic. And mm -hmm. ultimately it just was like people condemning metal music or like Dungeons and Dragons of all things. Yeah, that was that was another look at one. those kids. Those kids are really doing damage. Like, what the fuck? I tried to get into it when I was like 12. I started reading the books and I remember my dad, who was a metalhead at the time already, but because Dungeon and Dragon, this it, I think this was just because it was nerdy and he didn't want me to be a nerd, but he was like, those books make people commit suicide. And I'm like, <laughs> what? And he's like, That's yeah, because they never end and then people are like, I need the ending and then they kill themselves. I think well, he just didn't ending. want me to be a nerd, honestly. I think so, too. I think yeah. That's what it was. <laughs> there are some of these bands that do believe this shit, though. Have you heard of Mayhem? Yes. Is No, you haven't, Stacey. Mayhem? Yes, I have. They're the Norwegian death metal band. Yes, okay, yes. Ha they have murdered people. And I was going to be like, is this the black metal band? Yeah, I mean, two of them are murderers. They've Two of them yes. have killed people. And because mm -hmm. it was over there, 20 years was the maximum sentence for murder. And they're yeah. back in the band touring now. They're touring the States. They Which Culkin was in that movie? One of them. Well, not Kira. No, Rory? Was it? I feel like it was Kira. Kira? Maybe. But yeah, there's a great documentary on them and then the movie. The movie is, I mean, is it's so good. It's, it's really good. It's a biopic, but it plays out like a horror movie. Yeah. And it's real. <laughs> Those bands really believe that shit over there. But it's also because they're like descendants of Vikings and they yeah. had to battle Christians trying to kill them. You yeah, know, so that's different... why they're like this. Yeah. Their music mm -hmm. is so hardcore. Yeah. Norwegian black metal. It's. Yeah. It's crazy. They're about that life. But okay. So like, obviously the 80s wasn't the first time that we saw this like mass panic and people wanting to blame a group, right? Like the satanic panic researcher, Joel Best, who of course we all know about, basically said that while there is absolutely no historical evidence for any satanic cult ever, this was very much what the witch trials was, right? They wanted to put all of these fears on witches, on Satan, on these things, and they blame a certain group and then prosecute or drown or burn that group. Based on what children said. Yes, even in the witch trials, based on what fucking children said. Based were on saying. what two kids said. Wild. Mm -hmm. So wild. Yeah. But what I really love about the fact that like heavy metal, DD were like so villainized through the satanic panic was Stranger Things season four's inclusion of Eddie Munson, who plays DD, who listens to all the heavy metal. But I think that he was based on Damien Eccles. I fell off in season three. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, and I know the character. I know he was like the guitar kid. Yeah. I, I know. I Pop culture. Yeah, of course. You live in the world. But I didn't know he was based on Damien Eccles. Crazy. I think he is. Okay. Because he's ultimately innocent, but the entire town hates him. Wait, did they think he killed somebody? I, I didn't watch. So. Yes. For the disappearance of a child in the woods, and they found the bodies, and they blamed this kid. Because he lived in a trailer, he listened to metal, he smoked cigarettes. Okay. So he's very much the satanic panic character, especially it is set in the 80s, so that yeah, yeah. Like, makes sense. But I think he's Damien Eccles. Okay. So do you want to tell us about Damien Eccles and the West Memphis Three? I mean, I... I have so many opinions about the it's 
Just take us gonna... through the case. Let's just go. Let's just. So these kids were playing. These three little eight-year-old boys were playing around in their neighborhood, playing in the woods, and their family went to go look for them, and they couldn't find them, and and uh, it became a whole thing where these three teenage boys they saw these kids in the woods too, where these where these kids went missing, and long story short, these kids were found dead eventually, and they started blaming the teenagers, saying that these kids are worshiping the devil out there, having you know Satan worshiping orgies, getting drunk and stoned in these woods where these kids were playing, and clearly they murdered the kids for Satan. Then these three kids were caught, put on trial, and found guilty, and then they served 20 years, even though they maintained their innocence the entire time, and eventually they Mm -hmm. got out. But they had to still say that they were responsible for the kids' deaths, but they got out. They're Alfred, please. Yeah, I'm not not good at as as you are at this, Veronica. You do it, and then I'll intervene. Oh my gosh. Okay. Stacey, this is how Rocky and I bonded. He was like, you have to watch these documentaries. So the West Memphis Three, who are on my shirt, and this is the book, because I had the book before I knew that there were documentaries, Mm -hmm. because I am a little bit obsessed with the Satanic Panic. And so that's a great book. It's called The Devil's Knot, and it's about the West Memphis Three. And this happened in 1993. For anyone who thinks we've really come a long way from it, we have not. Damien Eccles, he was 18 when it happened. Jesse Miskelly was 17. And Jason Baldwin was 16. And these were three little misfit friends who liked heavy metal music. And I think Jason and Damien were better friends than Jesse, but they accepted Jesse because he was an outsider. He had a very low IQ of 72. So this is below a level where you would be considered mentally deficient. Sweet Mm. kid, just not bright. Okay, so- Dirt poor, they're all dirt poor kids. Oh, dirt poor. West Memphis, Arkansas is what we're talking about. But there are there's three documentaries on them called Paradise Lost. You can find them on HBO or Max now, whatever. And Metallica let them use their music, which they're notoriously, they do not let people license their music, but they let them use it because they're a big part of that case, actually, shockingly. <laughs> so they were arrested and convicting and convicted of murdering, dismembering, and sexually mutilating three eight-year-old boys mm. for the simple fact that they were outsiders, dyed their hair black, listened to metal, and Jesse Miss Kelly gave a false confession. He was questioned by police without a lawyer, without parents present. He was under 18 at the time. And he eventually broke after hours upon hours of being interrogated. He gave a false Mm. confession. He actually had an alibi for the day. He was at a wrestling competition. And Jason also had an alibi. He was in school. So if they had bothered to check, but... Mm. As we've discussed before, once a confession is given, that's kind of the end of it. So they were touted about as Satanists. uh, And you can hear adults talk about these children on the documentary. And it's wild. It's wild what they were saying. They're scared. They're they're scared of those kids. Yeah. They're terrified Mm -hmm. of them. Of these. And like Damien Eccles is so articulate, but just this like philosophizing kind of 18 year old boy sentenced to the death penalty yeah, he given death. the death penalty because he was 18 and this it's so wild because there was just no evidence they had to drain this kind of like pond creek area to find the bodies the police and the prosecution said that the kids were killed there the defense was like where is that evidence there's no blood there's no murder weapon there would have been blood on the people who killed them where are bloody clothes from these kids where is any evidence corroborating this Mm -hmm. i will say that these the uh, documentaries are very explicit 
with mm-hmm. crime scene footage. So do be prepared for that if you're going to watch them. With, I mean, within the first three minutes, yeah. pl- Metallica's playing and they're pulling eight-year-old dead bodies out of the yeah. water. It's, it is, it's, it's a lot. It's hardcore. They're naked and hogtied. Like it's, mm-hmm. And their face, they show their faces. Like it's wild yeah. what you're seeing. They don't but hide one of, anything. The, anything. One of the boys, his scrotum and penis were detached. Now, the prosecution said that they were surgically removed. And the defense says, has a witness that says, it looks like animal scavenging. Either way, in any of those instances, a 16, 17, and 18-year-old boy don't have surgical abilities, nor do they have the ability to just rip it off of some, like, mm-hmm. nothing about it makes sense. And these kids lost 20 years. So, spoiler alert, their third and final appeal it does kind of get overturned. What what ends up happening is they try to get a new court date their second time around. The judge says, no, it's the same judge who saw their case the first time. The prosecution does not allow for new evidence to be brought. So they keep their, what's it called? Sentencing. Mm-hmm. At this point, there so there is a quote unquote Hollywood. It's a low budget documentary film crew that has taken an interest. And thank God, because it kept it in the public eye and people were traveling there to support them, to help them continue fighting, right? At some point you, as a defendant, you have to pay for a lot of these new tests to be done to get people to look at the cases. By the third appeal, they got John Douglas, who we all know is my guy from the BAU. He was retired at this time, but he came out as a criminal profiler to say, obviously these kids are not the perpetrator and who they should be kind of looking for. And it certainly is not three high school kids. So with all of this kind of renewed interest in the case because they kept coming out with documentaries Mm -hmm. for each appeal. The third one was going all the way up to the Supreme Court and they had new forensic evidence, DNA evidence that they wanted to submit. Usually with an appeal, you will submit new evidence. Otherwise, why are you appealing, right? Unless you can prove that your lawyer or that something was wrong with the trial itself, Mm -hmm. which was the first time around. They were trying to say the bias around this because they got so much negative press. But the judge was like, you have a Hollywood documentary crew following you around like you like this and kept like the the whole thing is so bonkers. These poor kids. The third one goes up and, you know, the appeal board is hearing it. And the defense lawyers are who at this point are working for free are like, hey, we've got new evidence. And the prosecution is fighting against that because really at the end of the day, the prosecution's job is to put them away, keep them away, right? That's the deal. So they would have to admit that they got it wrong, which no one likes to do. Especially not me. So don't let Stacy be a prosecutor. Because <laughs> I will never admit that I'm wrong. Even if I know I'm wrong. That's her toxic trait. Wow. My, yeah. my stubborn side. So they were fighting to keep this new evidence out. And the judges literally had to look at them and be like, why do you not want justice served? If there's new evidence, why wouldn't you want to hear it? Right. And the the prosecution had no argument for that. Yeah. They were like, oh, uh, uh, because we would lose our fucking case. I don't know. Hmm. mm. So basically they were granted a new trial, but because it's their last appeal, they did run the risk of still being convicted. Yeah. Which means that's the end of the road. 
So Mm -hmm. because the prosecution was still in a good position, a lot of people don't like to believe the prosecution gets it wrong, right? It's it's our idea of the justice system and, and justice. A lot of that is played into by shows like Law and Order, where it's good cops and, and a good thing. And yay, we saw it to the end. But they also knew that they weren't in the strongest of positions. So they allowed a plea deal to go through with all three of them. And they had to basically, it's it's called an Alford plea. There and it is. you um, basically say that you are guilty. Well, no, you, you say that... You say that you are innocent, but you're pleading guilty because of extenuating circumstances. So essentially it allows you to claim innocence. But what you're saying is there is so much evidence that could prove the possibility of my guilt that we're just going to go along with that. It's like pleading no contest. Like I got a ticket, no contest. I'm not saying I'm guilty. I'm just going to pay it. Yeah. So they Mm -hmm. all are still to this day convicted felons because mm-hmm. of that. It doesn't wipe your your slate clean or anything, but they were sentenced to time served and they were finally released after I think 18 or 19 years. Mm-hmm. So like, I think it is the greatest miscarriage of justice that our country has seen in modern times. Mm-hmm. There's three, yeah, the three boys, the three eight-year-olds are dead still. And nobody is really responsible. The, the, the three yeah. teenagers, you know, Damien Eccles and the other two are liable, I guess. You know, they took the lumps for it, but there's still, a, you know, a murderer out there and there are suspects. You know, there are suspects. Yeah. If you watch the documentary, they talk about what Mr. Bojangles, you know, they say there was, there was a black guy that walked into this restaurant called Bojangles and he was bloody and it was, he was soaking wet and muddy and he went into the bathroom and they called the cops. But by the time the cops got there, he was gone. Mm-hmm. But they didn't take any of the DNA. They didn't take any yeah. evidence because there was blood left, but they, they just completely ignored it. So that was one. And then what they had, they start saying, let's look at all the parents, you know, and there was the one parent of, uh, which kid, what, uh, John Mike, what, John Mark Byers? Was, wasn't that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, now he was like really outspoken. And I think him hamming it up for the cameras for the documentary, because I think maybe the mm. documentary, it, it did good, but it also pro- like yes, really, it also probably, did bad. yeah, it, it hurt the case because all these people are now, you know, they think that they got to ham it up for the cameras and, and it does, it makes everyone look bad. No one looks good from it. After the first one, I was like, it was the stepdad. It was obviously the stepdad because there was you, also like they bite marks. Part two also, right? Yeah. Yeah. Part two is all about how it's him, but it's not him. They make you think it's, yeah, John Mark Byers. And, and by yeah. the third one, he's friends with the documentary crew and they're like, no way it was him. You know, he yeah. couldn't have done it. Then they start looking at Stevie Branch's stepdad, who's Terry Hobbs. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the one that they still look at to this day. But, but like some- John... Douglas came in and like he did a full profile pro bono for the defense. But yeah, that's it. So we've stolen the lives of these three, but Mm -hmm. the three eight-year-olds who are dead, no one is looking for the killer. They asked the prosecution, like, why are you going to look? And they're like, why? Those are the three people. They pled guilty because Alfred is not an innocent plea. Did you see the Terry Hobbs? So Stevie Branch, one of the eight-year-olds, his his stepdad, Terry Hobbs, they say he (laughs) did it because he was mad at the mom because he caught her cheating on him. Yes. And, And so he said that he was going to teach her a lesson because of that. Mm-hmm. But also there were rumors because this little wooded area, it wasn't a big wooded area. It was just no. like this little small area with a, with a drainage. Yeah. Drainage ditch that ran through it. And uh, yeah. 
So there were rumors that some of these men in the neighborhood were engaging in homosexual behavior in this little wooded area with some of the teenage boys. And mm-hmm. they did. Jesse Miss Kelly was paid before to wrestle shirtless with another boy back there in the woods where he was accused of killing those kids for older men. Older men would pay these teenagers to wrestle shirtless and stuff. And so they say that maybe Stevie Branch and the two other eight-year-olds walked back there during that happening, during some kind of, you know, homosexual encounter with all these married men. And they may have, you know, raped him and killed him. What's so interesting to me about all of this is like, whatever happened to like proving it beyond a reasonable doubt? Like, there was so much reasonable doubt that these boys didn't do it that, like, what? What happened to that? Well, that the confession. Go? It's the here's, confession. Here's where it trumps here's, everything else. Here's where you're going to really not understand. This is going to blow your mind, Veronica. The three boys are also still suspects. The thing is, Damien Eccles was proven to be a pathological liar. He has yeah. been proven over and over. He's been <sighs> caught in lies over and over again. His alibis don't stick. And you said Jason Baldwin had an alibi, but yeah, these in the last alibis. trial, I didn't think he did. I'm Jason like, Baldwin doesn't have an alibi. He doesn't. And the the really? last hearing, yes, his lawyer stood up and said, "We have no alibi. We don't have an alibi." Now, but he had an alibi in the first two. What? Yes, but it didn't stick. It was oh. proven false. Jesse Miss Kelly. Yeah. His wrestling event was the week before the murders. So oh. not any of them actually have an alibi. None of their alibis hold up. So this is this is stuff that I've gone through in the last know, couple you're of years. So obsessed with this case. So I used to be a. I used to really be on their side, but then I started reading about some of these things, and then the bite marks. They kept saying the bite marks, the bite marks. Well. Jason Baldwin had the knife. His knife had a compass on the end. The compass was broken. Well, they took the shape of the compass and compared it to what were bite marks, and it matches. <gasps> oh, yeah. So, these are all things that have been coming out in the last few years. Gasp. So, they're saying, we don't know who did it. We don't know who did it. And they're saying, we know who did it. But this documentary crew muddied the, the waters. They made this impossible for us to, you know, to, to, to stick to them. So... Another thing is they were told, okay, you can get out. You take this plea and you say you did it. Wouldn't you say, fuck that? I didn't do it. I'm not responsible. I mean, I understand it's 20 years in prison, but I, part of me now at 42 and after really like, you don't look 42. Oh, thank you. I I think, I think that there's a strong possibility that one of them, if not all of them could have been involved in it now. I really, I really, I think that. Okay. What's the motive? Give me a motive. So another thing, I used to hang out in these kinds of woods when I was a kid. And there would be... We're going to find out that Rocky killed people. No, listen. There would be older kids out there (laughs) that would bully us in the woods and shit. And those kids could have killed us and just left us in the woods, you know? Right. And if these kids are as disturbed as they are, I think maybe Jason Baldwin is the one that really seems like he might have been in a situation. If they did it, he seems like the odd man out that would have been just like, uh, they're doing this, I guess I'm going to partake. I guess oh, I'll yeah. partake. Also, Jesse Because you has- think Eccles would have been ringleader and then he's just going to go along with whatever. Yes. Jesse confessed after the what they said was a 12-hour investigation. He was only in there from 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. Yeah, I thought it was hours of interrogation. He was in there from 10 to 2. 
10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Those of us who did fast math on their hands, that's four hours. Okay, so, so and I, I, I know I'm, I feel like, I, I sound like I'm trying to say, like, they did it. I'm just giving the, everything from that side now. No, uh, Jesse, ha- Go on. Jesse has, he confessed to his lawyer twice, and his lawyer was like, no, stop saying this. Then he confessed in court, and they said, we told you not to say this. So, wild. who really knows? Because yeah. if if they truly were innocent and they didn't do it, don't you think that maybe we would have, like, something would have come up? I know we would find something by now. If they're still looking. If they're still looking, yes. So They're not so, looking. So I think it could have been them, and I also think it could have been the stepdad, Terry Hobbs, because Dude, he had a real, yeah. mo- like, he, he was the crazy one. He was a drug dealer. He was having these low-key gay meetups in woods, in the woods and stuff, paying kids. And he was, they know he paid yeah. kids to wrestle shirtless for him. It's just a whole fucked up town of fucked up people, you know? Arkansas, right. dude. And then something right. horrible happened and everyone's a suspect somehow, you know? Yeah, it's right. like a, it's like a Agatha Christie novel. Everyone did it. Yeah. Everyone did it. Death on the ditch. Death on the ditch. So, uh, if you look at Google Something. images, look at like satellite views from back then, like 93 and just like pictures of the town and then go to Google images today. It's nothing has changed. Nothing. That's how shitty it, that the God. town is. There's not even a new McDonald's on the map. I mean, it's, yeah. it's like Podunk, Arkansas. Ugh. So, okay. I have a question for you. What was probably the, after doing like your research and like getting into the case and things like that, Rocky, what was probably the biggest turning point for you to switch your mindset of like, oh, maybe they did do it. When I found out that they, when they said like, okay, we'll take responsibility for it, even though we Uh didn't do it. I thought like, well, that's kind of fucked up because I personally would be like, nope, I didn't do it. No, leave me in prison until you got some evidence that we can, you know, I wouldn't just be like, okay, I'll say I did it. And then I'll be a convicted felon uh, for the rest of my life. You were looking at the electric chair. I mean, I know they did it for him, but He's so yeah. hard to believe is the thing. He is really hard. He has lied so many times. They say he's a master manipulator. It, it, there are people like Eddie Vedder and Johnny Depp and stuff that were his good friends in prison and stuff that have now kind of cut him out of their lives post all of this that hung out with him a lot. Yeah. Well, so you, okay. So to me, he seems just like that pretentious. Definitely. Dude. Like he's his, just that pretentious dude. And you're like, Ugh, calm the fuck down. But I think that also lends to the idea of like, well, then he did it because people don't like him. Yeah. It's just all the lies, like the rape thing yeah. in Paradise Lost 2, where he says, I've been raped in here and abused and all of these things. I haven't seen the sunlight in two and a half years. And they're like, they proved that he wasn't raped. Yeah. They arrested the guy that he accused. And that was all proven false. It's saying he hasn't seen sunlight in two and a half years. They're like, he's outside every day. He's in a cell with a window. Yeah. He's just saying things now for the documentary. So that's where I think like, while the documentaries are fucking amazing, they're three of the best documentaries I've ever seen in my life. I lost sleep over this because I couldn't stop thinking about it before. I do think that they probably did some damage because he knew that he had the world's fucking ear. Yeah. Well, like we said, the documentaries always have an angle. Yeah. He's the only ham. He's the only one that hams it up for the cameras and will just talk and talk. Jason Baldwin doesn't like to talk hardly. You've seen, like, they have a hard time getting words out of him. And Jesse Miss Kelly is, he's like a child, basically. Yeah. It's such an interesting case because it's, like, I'll always say that I do think it's the largest miscarriage of justice in our country. And people will always say to me, if they bring up something else, it's the Central Park Five. Oh, yeah. And 
that absolutely is on the exact same level for people who don't know there were five kids in new york who were accused of raping a woman Mm-hmm. And they were arrested and convicted with absolutely no proof. One of them was not there. Ava DuVernay does a series on it called When They See Us, it, which is beautiful. It's on Netflix. But to that, I say that one, from what I've heard people talk about it, it boils down for people to racism, which is mm-hmm. such a problem. It absolutely is a huge problem, but that's what it's dismissed as. Well, if we weren't so racist, it wouldn't have happened. Whereas this does not have that issue and still happened. So it's just, this I think shows how broken our justice system is, unless now fucking Rocky's right, which I don't think he is because I'm- I don't know, I don't I'm know if I'm going right. with John Douglas on this. He's my guy. <laughs> I'm just saying that there's so that, that there's somebody and we don't yeah. know who it was and that they took responsibility. Yeah. You know, yes. in the in the eyes of the court, they took responsibility for it. And now it's not now no one cares. You know, they just at the beginning of this year turned they did turn down Damien Eccles for trying to have more DNA tests done on the evidence, which they said the evidence was lost in a fire, but they found all the evidence, which was yeah. the shoe st- the shoelaces and the clothes and yeah. the sticks. But they said no, they shut him down on having the DNA evidence done. Well, there are some people that are saying, well, he only wants the DNA evidence done because he knows that there's it's going to be inconclusive or whatever, and that's why the courts don't. They just want to let it die out, like. They just want to let it go. Who knows? I mean, yeah. I mean, it makes sense for the prosecution because they're double downing on these are the people. But I, yeah, I don't know. I just, it's one of those that it is so, it really highlights how our justice system works and doesn't work at the same time. I've just, I've just kind of started to not like Damien Echoes as a person. Oh, I don't like him. I I should (laughs) say that. In the first documentary, I'm like, oh, you believe your own shit. But then I remember you're an 18 year old child. Like you're an 18 year old kid who wants out of Arkansas. His formative years of his adult brain growing up in prison. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Very true. Question, do they, based on like the, what happened with the crimes, and forgive me because I can't remember it, I couldn't find it. There were no like sexual assault charges filed against them either, correct? Okay. No, the prosecution, because they found semen in jeans nearby yeah the prosecution was like they were raped and then they did a body examinations and it was they were not raped and then there was the penis extraction which then yeah. again led to sexual abuse which that i was- do think that that was a turtle they say that they think that was a snapping turtle that thought it was yeah. a worm it's i mean let's be I mean, it's what it is it's a little boy's genitalia it does seem like a turtle got it yeah they sh- and they do in the documentary mm-hmm. show you up close so it's not like yeah Here's the scratch, but it's it shows you the scratch mark, bite marks, and then it shows other comparative scratch marks and bite marks. Yeah. So I do think that's lost. Mm hmm. Okay. Like in the second one, they don't do that until like the second or third one. Yeah. And they go along in real time. Yeah. In the first one, they just say it's all stab wounds and it's all. And then they start to go like, well, they were left in the woods overnight in this ditch where the, there are turtles and raccoons and all kinds of wildlife at night. Mm. Yeah. Okay. I was asking because I, rem- I couldn't remember if they were also charged as sex offenders or had to register as sex offenders Mm-mm. because of no. that. So, all right. What did they ever... That, the semen on the pants, though. It wasn't the kid's pants, right? It was the kid's pants. It was. Okay. But that has never been linked to anybody. Yeah. But also... And here's the thing that I know John Douglas had an issue with and a lot of other 
defense witnesses, forensic witnesses have had a problem with is that crime scene mm -hmm. was not only not locked down and processed properly, it had so much contamination from wildlife and nature, but there was no blood found, which means it's not the kill mm. site. It's a dump site. Now I need you to go and look at the actual what is it called? Uh, it starts with an L. Lumen, luminol, or whatever. What they what they the pour? Luminol. Yeah, yes. luminol. Mm -hmm. So there are photos of it of blood. But, yes, they have. But lu luminol also picks up natural things like potatoes. Really, so they potatoes. Have potatoes all over them. Like if I were to rub potato on my arm and put luminol, it would pick it up like it was blood. <sighs> Like there's okay, there I didn't know pools that. of blood. Like there's yeah, not enough blood. So even if they were killed somewhere brought with like discharge blood, it could that that could be that. Yeah, okay. Well, and that's why they said that there was a shed that they looked at because yeah, they think like, the kids might have witnessed a drug deal and they killed them in a shed. I mean, it's Yeah. But they were also in water. So it's like Yeah. What is this evidence that we have but we don't have, but we have, but it's like that, Yeah, there's something that so they say wild. that they have. Yeah. Yeah, but what I think here Here's, here's why I don't think it was them. I've just processed this. So this is my new, what I, what I put to you, Rocky, is I think if they weren't looking at the death penalty, they probably, because Eccles was looking at the death penalty and that, like you said, uh, Jesse and Jason went along with the Alfred plea because of that. They were like, we'll at least save his life. Yeah. But is if they had done it, if I was like Jason, let's say, I wouldn't still be his friend. They're, it's not like they're in the same institution. You know, it's like I wouldn't be sticking up for him. And I would turn around and say, hey, I'll do a plea and I'll tell you exactly what happened and what he did and what we all did if I can get my sentence lowered and okay. that didn't happen okay you yeah. know so yeah. it's, i do think they were like let's just get the fuck out of this and put mm. it behind us yeah I mean, yeah, you're because wouldn't you do that? Wouldn't you be like, I'll Maybe. turn? I mean, I have, knock on wood, been in this situation. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That's why I'm saying the fact is that somebody killed these three kids and they're out there still, whether it is yeah. them or a parent or, you know, yeah, the random black person, Mr. Which, Bojangles. Was which was probably racism because they don't yes. have a lot of black people in their town and they see a black guy and, and they're like, hey, he did it. Yeah. If he existed. It's if he exists. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is this is a time before everyone had phones to take photos before the internet, you know, before everyone was on security cameras. Like, I don't think we mentioned either that th those woods backed up to a truck stop, which was just a truck wash where they said that the truckers would go and have sex with sex. the with the gay lot lizards that would run around there in those woods. <laughs> okay, guys, our band, what's our band's name again? Gay um, Lot Lizards. Gay Lot Lizards. No, Gay Lot Lizards is our first single oh. off of our album, Death on Black the Ditch. Black Circle. By Black Knight Circle. Yeah. Death on the Ditch is our first album. Gay okay. Lot Lizards is our first single. And from our band, Black Knight Circle. Night lizards. Nope. Circles. Lizard Knight Circles. Lizard Knight Circles. Lizard Knight Circles. <laughs> Coming to you in fall of 2025. So so that's why this is the case. That, that And I watched this documentary when I was like 12 years old. And it immediately took me, you know, because like I said, I was a kid that was running around and I had Playboys under a piece of plywood in the woods because it was 1993. How else was I going to look at Playboy? You, you know? were one of these people who had yes! porn in the woods. Dana Gould talks about porn in the woods. I was one of these <laughs> like, kids. What? And it was just a gnarly mildew covered Playboy with maybe chunks that you could look at, you know, because chunks. It, because they were all <laughs> stuck together from being in the 
Houston forest, yeah, which that's is a why swamp, they were stuck you know. Rocky, I'm sure. Okay, all right. I, thought this was a, I, thought this was a, I didn't catch on until you said that. It's not. Yeah, come. On, I thought this was a children's show. What are we doing? This is family friendly. Yeah. PG thirteen people. But I definitely grew up in woods like that, where if you if you saw the older kids, they could just beat you up in the woods for being in their woods. Now, eventually, all of these woods got torn down and they built houses. Uh, Thank God yeah, for deforestation. But, but there was definitely... Uh, this case specifically sticks with me just because, uh, you know, I grew up a kid in the woods playing around in the suburbs of the South like this. And it's just unsolved and it's weird. It's it's a it's yeah. a weird... Mm-hmm. And, and it's not... The focus is sometimes you forget that three kids were killed. Yes, because the focus the, is so much on the three who were incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Right. That's a really, really good point. We have forgotten about the victims. Three little boys were out being little boys, and that's that's what's been lost. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Oh, thank you. I, thank you. He's been workshopping it. I, so. Yeah, I was workshopping. I tried it on stage last night. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> on that note, Rocky, what what do you have upcoming? Like, do you have anything? Oh, thank you so much for asking. I, uh, oh, we're really good. We're good at segues here. <laughs> I, uh, so, yeah, you can catch me around L.A. I'm usually performing on people's shows, whatever. But I have a monthly show at the Hollywood Improv called House Party. It's a big party cool. vibe show. Uh, I have oh, a, lot a party of- show. They give out weed. Yeah. You lot do? A lot of it. Yeah. yeah. At the show. Yeah. yeah. And there's an art you- show at the beginning. Oh, this yeah, it's a really like- fun show. So much fun. This sounds like fun and totally something I would do. Yeah, it's yeah, great. Yeah, you into it. I have a lot of artists outside selling art, displaying art. Then I usually have a band and uh, stand-up comedy. It's a great show. Good vibe. A lot of fun. Actually, I'm not going to have an August one, but my <laughs> next one is September 9th. That sounds like a really fun show. I want to go. Yeah, it's a blast. It's an art. It's, like I said, it's an artist like collaboration. And I, I mean that. artists as in comedians, musicians, and literal artists. I think that's really cool. Yeah. All right, September 9th. I'll be there. Will you? You weren't at the last yeah. one, were you? I know. Well, I was prepping. I was at the two before that. I know. It's okay. And it was my fridge broke. And Let's my be fridge real. broke. We had to deal with Oof. that. Stacy and I learned how to clean coils on a fridge. Yeah, we did. Oh, we wow. Did that. We did that. Oh, with my new, new fridge, fridge, I learned how to put in a water line. So. <laughs> okay, great. Well, well we're going to catch you. you at house party. And hopefully we'll have you back on if you enjoyed yourself yeah this was fun i would love that no one asked you stacy <laughs> all right well join us next week for another episode of criminal giants and rocky thank you so much for joining us thanks for having me Cause I'm just a teenager.